Welcome to How to Intensify Your Bioprocess in Six Episodes, an exciting new podcast series brought to you by The Medicine Maker in partnership with Cytiva. Over the course of six episodes, we'll be discussing everything from digitalization, continuous manufacturing and protein A capture to get you off to a flying start on your own bioprocess intensification journey. Hello, James Strachan here, Deputy Editor of The Medicine Maker, and welcome to episode four of our podcast series with Cytiva, where we will intensify your bioprocess in six episodes. So I'm joined today by Gunnar Malquist, who is a principal scientist within the bioprocess R&D division of Cytiva. There he focuses on resin design strategies, quality by design, PAT, as well as biomanufacturing process understanding and data analytics. Uh, he started his career with Pharmacia Fine Chemicals in 1979, uh, working on uh, quality control of chromatographic separation resins. He's been responsible for the design of several of the leading resins on the market, including MabSelect and Captop. So thank you very much for joining me on the podcast, Gunnar. Yeah, thank you for talking to me. So I'm starting uh, each episode by trying to get at what we mean by process intensification. Uh, so the consensus so far seems to be that there's not really a, a consensus. So what does it, um, what does process intensification mean to you? So the, when I think of process intensification, I think it's either less is more or more is more. So the original definition talks a lot about reducing, making things smaller, making things sustainable and so on. And that can in this context be reducing the footprint and use less resources to make a certain amount of a monoclonal antibody. But on the other hand, one of the perhaps more important drivers is to intensify your process, so you improve your throughput, so you can put out more in the same type of facility. So two things. Okay. So we're going to be talking about chromatography and protein A capture today. Uh, is it true that you're now in your fifth decade working on chromatography resins? Yeah, that's true. I'm, I've been a chromatographer for longer than I even care to remember, at least 40 years. So what is it about the field that keeps you uh, coming back for more? So uh, the, for me, the beauty of chromatography, it, it allows the combination of uh, fundamental science, understanding how chromatography works, with uh, addressing and solving uh, really pressing issues for biomanufacture. Chromatography is a wonderful thing to provide purity to a biopharmaceutical. Mm. So we're going to focus on protein A today. Uh, can you give me a quick rundown of how the protein A capture works and why it's important for process intensification? So if you think of the way uh, um, biopharmaceutical companies address uh, purification today, in the monoclonal antibody space, there is this golden opportunity of using a affinity step that provides really, really high purity already after the first capture step. And protein A is that solution. And uh, the thing is that you bind primarily your antibody and most of all the impurities go away already in the wash step. Another big advantage of, of using Affinity or and Protein A in particular is that the process development is pretty straightforward. 
since the usual suspects for the important process parameters are known. And it's also very easy to platformize, make a platform that is to find a given set of running conditions that work for almost all the MAB molecules in the pipeline. When it comes to process identification, it is important to look at the proteinase capture steps, both because it is the first downstream step and therefore could potentially become a bottleneck. And it is also comparably expensive compared to the other downstream steps when it comes to the consumable cost. Although the overall contribution to, uh, to COGS isn't very large, it's still an area of focus. Can you make it more intense to reduce the cost of the protein A resin? Okay, so it's relatively straightforward with the, the process development. Uh, yeah. What, what would you say that the key considerations are if you're looking to um, set up your, your process design for the protein A capture step? So, the first thing you need to do is to look backwards at upstream because the overall throughput of your process is very much driven by your upstream setup. So before you look at protein A options, you should really look what your upstream look like. Is it fed batch? Is it perfusion? What is your titers? How many bioreactors do you have running in staggered the parallel mode? Is it a dedicated single product production line? or a multi-product setup? How much, how many kilograms of MAB do you need to produce each year? And that guides you when you want to look at your protein A step. I think one immediate consideration on process intensification is to maximize your resin lifetime. Use alkaline stable protein A and another easy win for process intensification is to use the modern high capacity resins where one liter of resin binds up to 70, 80 grams of antibody. In that way, you can shrink your column size. So one of the, the first things you mentioned there was that, you know, the two options of fed batch or perfusion. Um, could you first of all, just explain what the, the main difference is between those two are? So even though I'm, I'm, I'm a very pure downstream guy, I, I can give it a shot anyway. So. Uh, perfusion is one of the typical upstream process identification options. And this is where you run your cell culture at steady state conditions for a prolonged time. You typically maintain your titer constant and constantly remove parts of the supernatant so that you can, in principle, see it as a continuous upstream. Fed batch, on the other hand, is the traditional way of uh, producing, for instance, antibodies. And this is a typical batch process. You run the cell culture, say, for 14 days, and then you harvest the entire bioreactor volume in one shot. All right. Well, well let's say you go for the perfusion upstream process. Um, what, what are the main implications you know, downstream for the, the protein A capture step? And what can you do to, to really optimize things? So as a typical R&D scientist, I would say it depends. You can, run, you can run your perfusion in, in many different ways. If you are running in true continuous mode, meaning that you continuously harvest every day, you only have a small surge tank between the upstream and the downstream, you will need a continuous capture step to be able to keep up with the constant flow of uh, cell culture fluid coming from your perfusion bioreactor. And this is 
there are many options here. One typical way is to run periodic countercurrent chromatography, PCC, with three or four columns that where you run in very much overloading the column. A perhaps simpler setup is uh, two columns run in swing mode, so you load one, loot the other, and switch back and forth. However, if you really go for process intensification, I think the PCC setup gives you a better solution, but at the price of a slightly higher hardware complexity. On the other hand, if you collect all your output in a large tank, holding, for instance, the entire volume from 24 hours of cell culture, your capture step can be performed in a kind of intense batch mode where you only meet, need to make sure that you can run one protein A step each day. Okay. Well, on the, on the other hand, if you then go for the, the fed batch uh, approach, what, what does that mean in turn for, for protein A and for process optimization? It obviously depends here too. Uh, there are many options, more options really available. And I think one of the major factors is how many bioreactors do you have? That is, how often do you get the harvest to process? If you only have one bioreactor, the harvest will occur when the cell culture is finalized. That is kind of every 14 days. In, with change over time in upstream, that means that even longer delays between the capture step processes. In such cases, I think the best process intensification effort you could make is to change your upstream, making adding more bioreactors, allowing you to uh, run downstream more often than every 17 day. Otherwise, the downstream is idle most of the time, and a complete downstream process can perhaps take three to four days. Beyond that, you also need to think of how you value what the value you put on single use in downstream. In a multi-product facility, you really want to minimize the change over times and the use of pre-packed ready-to-process columns or the recently introduced fibro product could be very beneficial. And the fibro product is a nanofiber-based membrane device that allows very rapid protein A processing on a small device and is thus very suitable for process intensification. Right. Well, well, we've looked at some of the, the best options that you've got uh, you know, today. What do you see as being the, the future um, drivers in terms of monoclonal antibody production? And, you know, what are the, the main technologies that are going to really make a difference over the next five to, to ten years? So? so one of the obvious things that happening is that um, a MAB is no longer just a MAB. The, the MAB world is, is becoming more diverse with different variants. And therefore, you will probably need to modify your platform more often and becoming more important. So having smarter process development tools that allow you to tweak your process in an efficient way will become more important. And if you can speed up process development, you gain a lot. Another general trend is that an increasing number of maps will be produced in smaller amounts. So Smaller bioreactors, even with higher titers, really reduces the footprint. And that will drive further implementation of single use, both upstream and downstream. And the ability to intensify your downstream will then enable cost savings and increase your facility throughput. I, I think I see great promise in the new types of capture technologies that 
allow you to change the current one large column paradigm. And that could be either uh, running many cycles on a column or on a membrane uh, capture device. Another thing I'm convinced we will see if we look five to 10 years ahead is a much better process control based on real-time sensors, either inline or online, that can lead to even higher degrees of process identification by making a better, tighter control, more consistent process outcomes. Okay, interesting. One question that I've um, been sort of finishing these uh, podcasts with is asking, you know, in your role as, a, as an expert in the field, uh, you must be, you know, frequently asked questions um, uh, by all sorts of people. I'm wondering if there's any interesting or uh, funny or particularly surprising things you've been asked over the years. So the, the most interesting questions typically come up in discussions with end users in the industry and thus are thus confidential in nature. Um, one of the things that I've found intriguing over the years is how my beginning in analytical chromatography actually brings value also when looking at large-scale uh, industrial chromatography. An intriguing and recurring question that I get is, how do you predict the chromatographic performance when you mix resin lots with slightly different properties in a column? And this happens many times uh, in the biopharmacy industry, sometimes out of necessity because the column size is larger than the resin batch size, but more often driven by economical reasons. You really want to use all uh, aliquots of a resin batch that you have purchased and you, our, our uh, package sizes may not always match up with the column sizes. So you get small aliquots over and then you mix them in the next column. Um, the answer, it depends. It's not, there is not one answer to how that can be done. It depends on your separation. It depends on the chromatographic modality and it depends on the, how good your prediction needs to be. Hmm, well, I guess if there was one uh, simple answer, people wouldn't keep asking the, the question no. over again. That's true. Well, I think that's, uh, pretty much covers it for today. Is there anything else you'd like to uh, mention? No, I think this, this, is, this is an interesting area and, and, and the process intensification intensity of discussion has increased a lot over the last 10 to five years. And um, I'm pretty sure we will see even more discussions on, on different approaches in this area and downstream is certainly going to be more intense in five years' time than it is today. Mm, absolutely. Okay, well, thank you very much for joining me. It was a pleasure speaking with you. Thank you. Okay, well, thank you everyone for listening, and I hope you can join us for the next installment of Intensify Your Bioprocess in six episodes. <laughs>